Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. But if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Kings, the book of 1 Kings, uh, chapter number 19, verse, 1 Kings chapter number 19, and uh, we're going to read the first, we're going to read a few verses there. Um, uh, I about said, if, uh, if would you stand for the reading of God's Word, but um, uh, I guess the few that's here could stand if they wanted to, but um, and they ain't going to make a difference. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, but anyway, uh, um, if you have your Bibles, let's read. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. The Bible says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had uh, slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, and saying, uh, so, the, so let the gods do uh, to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow uh, about this time. And when he saw that... Um, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, uh, where belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey uh, um, into the wilderness and came and sat down uh, under a juniper tree. And, re- and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Um, uh, than my father's. And as he lay... And slept under the juniper under a juniper tree. Behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in and str- and strength of that meat. Um, and he went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, and, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him. And he said, and, and, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of, of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with with the sword, and I, even I only, am, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great, um, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and and the and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire. And here it is. A still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he uh, wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood, and stood in the entering end of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for uh, the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, O, oh, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, uh, the son of, uh, of Nishai, uh, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of, uh, of Shamhai, the Abinah, I'm not going to pronounce it right, of a, yeah, that place, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escaped 
that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have let me I have I have left seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto the, unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Jesus, Lord, I pray, God, that you'll bless the reading of your word, God. You'll touch our voice tonight, God. Guide us in the way that you would go, God. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God. Anoint us, God. Give us power and unction from on high, God. Guide our heart, guide our voice, God. And don't let us say nothing you don't want us to say, God. But most importantly, God, don't even let us be seen, God. But let your Holy Spirit, God, enter into some hurting homes tonight, God. Into some homes that some people are about to give up, God. Enter into some homes where people are just broken, God. God, some people that are at the end of the rope, God, and just... Grab a hold of them, God, and give them a blessing tonight, God. Not because I'm the one standing here, God, but because you're the one, God. You're the Holy Spirit, God, and you can just let it enter in and help them, God, and give them a blessing tonight, God. Touch them, God. God, if there's someone here listening that don't know what the comfort of God is, God, don't even know your son, Jesus, as our personal Savior, God, I pray, God, tonight's the night that they'll just chunk their pride, God, and come to an old-fashioned altar and get saved, God, or, or meet in their home and get saved, God. And we'll be careful uh, to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. When we read this Bible story here, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, we know very much about it. We know a lot of, we know a lot of people's preached on it. I'm not going to give you anything new tonight. I just want to be a blessing to you. But here, Elijah was at the end of his rope. Elijah was at the end of his rope. And if I had to title the message tonight, I, I told Miss Stephanie before the service, I'd give her a title. And here it is, A Whisper at the End of Your Rope. A Whisper at the end of your rope. I know there's times in life where we feel like we're at the end of our rope. Uh, I had Aaron bring me a little rope tonight just to give you a little illustration. At the very end of this rope, I'm, I can't, if I grab a hold of this rope and I can wrap it around my arm and my hand a few times and grab a hold of it and, 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 and let you grab the other end of it, I can hold you for a while. But if I get down there and I'm at the very end of my rope and I need a little help to help me along the way, I'm going to need somebody to help me. So maybe we'll just leave this out and let you think about that a little, a little, uh, uh, at the, when you're at the end of your rope, uh, a whisper at the end of your rope, Elijah was a prophet in the northern kingdom of Israel. Some 400 years after the time of Moses and the Exodus, the nation was ruled by Ahab, a very wicked king, and he was, he was aided and abetted by his queen Jezebel. In fact, it was Jezebel who wore the trousers. Uh, uh, she called the shots and she pulled the strings. Anyway, the Lord had announced through Elijah that there would be a severe drought. The... Uh, the, the uh, uh, the drought was going to come. He, we know what the story was there in chapter number 18. We know that um, um, Elijah had to hand the Lord on him. We know that. We know Elijah. Elijah, let's back it up and let's just talk about Elijah when he first came on the scene. When Elijah first came on the scene, he, um, uh, we, we find out very quickly that he can run. He can run as fast as a chariot can race. Um, he was a quick man. I, I can only imagine what that looked like or what that seemed like. A man running like that, and a man running that fast. I, I was always, that's kind of just curious to me. But anyway, Elijah, um, he was a man who, um, uh, we, we learn over in chapter number 18, he, uh, that's when he, he told the, challenged uh, Baal. He literally, I believe, Elijah challenged Baal that day to whose God is bigger. Or maybe our challenge the prophets that day. Whose God is bigger and whose God is even real? And we know that he came up and poured the, poured the water over the altar and he prayed and fire came out of heaven and destroyed them uh, or destroyed the, the, the offering that day. We know he prayed fire out of heaven. And a lot of times I'm bad to do this and I'm bad to say this. Um, uh, uh, he prayed fire out of heaven. And it just rolled off the end of the tongue like it was nothing. He prayed fire out of heaven. That, 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 in my mind, I'm, I can't fathom what it would be like 
Brother Aaron, to be sitting there, oh God, let fire come out of heaven. What would it be like to fire literally come out of heaven? Well, I mean, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around it. Not only, I, I, I think there's a message right there, because um, it's talking about that water. And I was thinking about it today, when God could turn your water into fuel. Because that's what happened. God turned that water into fuel. And it lit that, it lit that, it, anyway, it just, a, a, he prayed fire out of heaven. I think we overlook that a lot, and we say that. Elijah prayed fire out of heaven. Uh, he, he absolutely prayed fire out of heaven. And that's just, I can't wrap my head around that. I, I'm sorry. But, it, but he did. Elijah confronted 450 prophets that day of Baal on Mount Carmel. And in the presence of King Ahab and the witnesses from all of Israel, he won. He demonstrated to all Israel that it was God, not Baal, who is the true and living God. It's Yahweh is who he's talking about there, who done it. And then we come to chapter number 19. We come to chapter number 19 and, and we have a problem. Ahab has went and talked to his wife. I can imagine what it was like. Ahab left the scene that day and was headed home soaking wet. There had been a drought, had not rained, and here comes Ahab home soaking wet. And I could imagine what Jezebel thought when she said, what in the world has happened to you that you're like this? What, it, what has happened? And he starts telling her, and she gets mad, and she said, nip, we need to kill him. He's going to take over your throne he, where he's going to be stronger than you are. He, he, he just prayed fire out of heaven. I think he can handle you. We need to get rid of him. He's our problem. We need to cut him off. And, and so uh, we know uh, the Jezebel, she come in there and, and she sent a messenger to Elijah. And I always thought this was interesting. Why send a messenger to Elijah if you're going to kill him? I mean, if I'm going to hunt somebody down, that'd be like me going out to the deer, uh, going out to the deer stand and hanging a sign up that the deer could read and saying... The hunter's coming. I mean, that happens sometimes, it seems. But the hunter's coming, you need to leave. I mean, that's basically what that's doing. I, I, don't, I don't understand that, but that's what she done. Well, Elijah, at this point, he knows he runs. He gets to a point where he's got a decision to make. He gets to the point to where uh, he's, he, he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. He really don't know where to go. He's got a decision to make, and he's got three choices that he could make. He could flee, he could fight, or he could forgive. He could flee, fight, or forgive. Um, let's take a look right here. There was many in the Bible that fled. Think about this right here. The disciples fled the Roman soldiers. When they come and took Jesus to be crucified, the disciples fled. Think about this right here. Jonah fled. Jonah fled, uh, uh, fled from the will of God. He fled from, uh, he went down to Joppa. He ran away. And then you have Elijah who fled. Uh, he, he fled from the words of one person. I mean, it was, I mean, I understand he was running for his life, but at this point it was just words. From one person. He just came off the biggest victory of his life, came off after praying fire out of heaven. He, he comes out from that, and uh, I could put it this way everything was going good in his life. Everything was going well. Everything seemed to be at the tip top. His church was going good. His job was going good. If, they, if he was in the day's time, he had everything what seemed to be going right, and then one person speaks to him, and he's gone. He flees. Think about this right here. There was many that flew, that, that fled. There was only a few that did fight. There was only a few that did fight. David fought Goliath. Think about this right here. David stood up and fought Goliath. Then you have Peter. He cut, the, I know he fled, but he also cut the Roman soldier's ear off. He was ready to fight. Then you have Samson who done a lot of fighting. I mean, there was some fighting going on in the Bible. He could have fought, he could have fled. But then he could have done what one person in the Bible did, and that was forgive. 
And Jesus forgave on the cross. So he had those options. He had those moments he could have uh, he could have uh, he could have chose. He could have done. He had a few of those things he could have done. He could he had three three options there. Elijah fled for his life. He made a stop though after he fled. We'll get to the message here in a minute. I'm just trying to lay some groundwork to you. But he he um, uh, uh, he first made a stop at Beersheba. Now I was wondering where why would he go if I'm running for my life. Um, uh, I've got certain places I would go. I'm not going to tell nobody where they're at. I don't want you to know where they are. I'm going to go hide somewhere, but you ain't going to find me. But I was, so I was looking and I was thinking about where he would go. His first stop was Beersheba. And I'm thinking, why would he go to Beersheba? He just, he, he's down and out. He thinks, that, we find out later on that he thinks he's the only one left. He thinks he's the only one that's ever, that's ever going to serve God again. He thinks he's the only one that loves God. He thinks he's the only one that's going to make it. He's, he think, he's very lonely at this time. And he's, why would he go to Beersheba? I started studying out Beersheba. Beersheba is the place where Abraham settled his differences with Abimelech in Genesis 21. He went and settled it. So I'm wondering in his mind if he ain't thinking, I'm going to go here on my own to a place that's of my father's history I'm going to go here on my own, not led by God. I'm going to go here on my own, and I'm going to see if I can't get some help. He went there on his own. I really think about that on his own strength. Right there, he went there on his own strength. He, that place would have been a place of comfort for Elijah. It would have been so comfortable that he left his servant there. It was a place of comfort for Elijah. Elijah didn't stay there. He, he didn't stay and wait on the Lord. He went another day's journey probably around 20 miles into the wilderness and set up under a juniper tree. And we're thinking, Elijah, he just prayed fire out of heaven. Somebody's after him. He's going into the wilderness. He's probably going out there to fast. He's probably going out there to seek God's face. What is he doing? He goes out there to give up. He goes out there to give up. And I'm here to tell you, I've always said, why would anybody want to give up? My daddy didn't tell me to quit. I couldn't quit nothing growing up. If I started it, I had to see it through the end. I wasn't allowed to quit. It was not a, quit, quitting is not an option. It's just not there. It's not in my blood. I can't quit. I always wondered that until I was stuck at home with COVID. Until I was stuck in a house where I felt like nobody wanted me, other than my wife and my son. When I felt like I didn't want, I felt like a, literally a caged animal in my own home. I felt like I was a zoo animal and people were coming and staring at me while I was at the zoo. It's what I felt like. And they'd throw us a bone every once in a while. I do appreciate Bethy and Aaron bringing us some food that one night. That was a joke. But anyway... I felt like that, and I wanted to quit, and I wanted to give up, and I just wanted to say, what is it worth? What's, what's worth it? Why, why am I here? Lord, I'm left here alone. Does nobody else know that I'm here? There's a remnant out there. Boy, we'll get that in just a second. But he wanted to die. Elijah was at the end of his rope. Elijah was there. He is, um, um, after verse number 4, there is no great act of faith by Elijah. He went to Beersheba on his own. He went there by himself in his own will and his own power. He went there. But there was no great act of faith. There was no great prayer. He didn't keep running. He didn't do any more complaining. He didn't, he, he didn't even try to kill himself. He wanted to die, but he didn't try to kill himself. He didn't try it. All he did was sleep under a juniper tree. Then, well, and behold, what you know, an angel came along and touched him. Here's what that angel done for him. That angel done some things that'll, that'll bless you. There's some angels in your life that God will send your way. They'll supply you. They'll supply your needs. They'll sustain you. He fed that meat, fed him for 40 days. It sustained him. And then it secured him. 
never heard of any word from Jezebel during this time. While he was running, never heard anything from Jezebel. It supplied him, it sustained him, and it secured him. It left him there. Elijah did nothing wrong, but the journey had him at the end of his rope. The journey had him where he was done. He wanted to give up. He just wanted to let go of the rope. The enemy was pulling on him, and he just wanted to, to throw in the towel and be done. He wanted to give up. And I know there's some out there today, and it's hard to preach to an empty auditorium, but I know there's some out there today that is at the end of your rope. You, the, your world is crashing in on you. Your world is just, uh, is, is, is just uh, is caving in. You feel like you're collapsed. Your, your anxiety is sucking you in so much. It feels like somebody's got their hand around your neck and they're squeezing you and they won't let you go. That's what your life feels like right now. And you want to let go of that rope. But hang on to that rope. Just hang on to it because there's going to come a whisper here in a minute. There's going to come a whisper here in a minute. God let Elijah for 40 days out of his way. Put him in his own place. Put him in his own place. He put him in a place called Mount Horeb. In a cave. I just thought that was pretty interesting. Here's my message tonight. Maybe you're at the end of your rope tonight. God may be leading you to Mount Horeb. You say, what is Mount Horeb? Let's take a look at it. Mount Horeb is a place, number one, where God... Well, guided him to a place of remembrance. To a place of remembrance. Mount Horeb wasn't just some old mountain. Mount Horeb wasn't just some old hill with a rock on top of it. It wasn't some place that he threw a dart at a map and said, that's where I'm going to send you. Nah, there was a reason Mount Horeb was there. Think about this right here. Exodus chapter number 3, verses 1 through 10. The Bible says this, Now Moses kept the flock of, of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, a bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush is not burnt. And we travel on and we find out that the Lord says this in verse number 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus saith thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. He took him to a place of remembrance. He took him to a place where he was to remember where God brought him from. He was to remember that time he was in Egypt. Anytime you see Egypt in the Bible is the top of the world. He took him and reminded, he says, you remember you and you was out in the world and you were lost and undone without God. You didn't know where you was going to go. You didn't know which way you was going to turn. You didn't know what, where God was. You didn't know who God, who God even was. Remember where I brought you from. Remember that God may be taking you to Mount Horeb tonight. He may be taking you back to saying, don't forget I got you out of that drunken house. I got you out of that broken home. I got you out of that drug house. I got you out of that drunken car. I got you out of all that. Just to save you. Because I loved you. That's what God said. Just because I loved you. He said, remember where I brought you from. He guided him to a place of remembrance. Remember, he told him to remember the great I am. And that he's still the great I am. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's, there's none before him. There'll be none after him. There was, he had no predecessor. Uh, he'll have no uh, the one after him, whatever that means. He'll, there don't, there's none to come before him. He didn't that when, when that, before there was, it was God. After there will be, it'll be God. God will always be around. He, um, he, uh, we could talk all night about who God is. We love God. I love God. God is the one who said, "Let there be light," and there was light. They they have found a galaxy. Me and Daddy was talking the other day, and Daddy he's got. 
a hold of the YouTube controller and who knows what he finds. And they have found another galaxy that is bigger than Earth. Found another galaxy that, is, that can sustain life like Earth. Can, can you imagine? This is God. I'll never, remember, I'll never forget the message that was preached at a youth camp when I was real little, when I was younger. A speck on a speck. They took a light, they took a picture. They took a, some telescope had went out as far as it could go toward the planet of Pluto before Pluto blew up and is no longer a planet. Don't understand all that, but Pluto was a planet back then. And they took a planet, and I bet I wonder if kids today even know what Pluto is. But anyway, but anyway, but anyway, they 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 took that and they sent this drone or this this little space shuttle out to it, and they said, as far as it can go, we're going to let it go. And then as soon as it gets too far where it's about to, it's too much pressure, not enough, whatever, to make this thing explode, before it self-detonates, we're going to spin it around, we're going to snap a picture, and we're going to send it back to Earth. So they've done that. And then so it looks just like a picture of outer space, nothing special. But there's an arrow the picture has. They put a drew an arrow on it, and it's a little bitty tiny blue speck. And we're a speck on that speck. God reminds us sometimes that we're a speck on a speck. He's a big God. God created it all. He, we got to remember that, that God's a big God. God is still in control. The election today, I, I, I was up last night. I stayed up to about 1 o'clock in the morning watching the election. I, 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 was, I, was, I was a little bit worried about it. I ain't going to lie, last night I was going, Lord, this is not turning out the way it's supposed to. I know it kind of looked good at one point, but... I also know how Fox News, you're supposed to, they're supposed to lead it one way, and, and I knew that was what was happening, and it wasn't looking good, and I, I just I went to bed. This morning I woke up, had that same feeling. Had that same feeling of, this ain't good. My religious freedoms, my, my, my son, what's he going to see? What is our youth going to see? What kind of America, what kind of world is our young people going to grow up in? But then it was just like, I started listening to my Bible, I turned off the news, started listening to my Bible again. Put my little Bible in my ear again and started listening to it. And all of a sudden, you know, my worries just went away. I realized that there's a God out there that's bigger than any president. There's a God that's out there that's bigger than any, any Republican or Democratic Party. He's big today. It don't matter who our, or who our, uh, uh, our governor is. It don't matter who our president becomes. It doesn't matter because God still in control tonight. It don't matter if he says you can take away. We ain't going to let you preach because I'm going to preach. Yeah, it don't matter if they say they're going to take away the Bible. I'll keep my Bible. I'll fight for it. I think there's, I, I prayed the other night out loud at the house. I prayed and I asked God that I never have to stand and physically protect my family. I pray God keeps me from all that. But I'm, I also prayed God if I had to give me the strength to do it. Give me the strength and the ability to stand there and do it. And I'm afraid that we may come to a time where we're going to be at the end of our rope. And we're going to have no choice but to stand on God and stand on the Word of God, stand on the ways of God, and, and let God guide us in what to do. He took him to a place of remembrance that he is still his God. Look at this right here. He led him to a place of refuge. Exodus chapter number 17, verse number 6, the Bible says this, Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. When the Israel needed water... There was water. Took him to a place, not just any place, it was Horeb. It was Mount Horeb. It's right here where he took him to. He took him back. He said, you remember that time where your great-great-grandpa told you about? I don't know how many generations it would have been. He took him and said, you remember that time he fed you? 
Remember that time they were thirsty? They were about to, they didn't know it at the time, but they were about to stand against the, uh, uh, they were about to fight a battle that, that Moses was going to have to hold his arms up. Moses was going to be tired just a minute. But he said, uh, uh, you remember that story when they told you when you was a little boy about how they smote the rock and the water came forth out of the rock? Well, look right down yonder, that's the rock to hit. Remember that? That's what, I believe that's what God done him. I believe God just took him by the hand and guided him to a place of refuge, guided him to a place of rule. Exodus 19, we learned that he remembered um, where he took him to the commandments, where he got him to the Ten Commandments, led him to a, uh, <clears throat> led him to a place of rule in Exodus, in Exodus chapter number 19. Look at this right here. Led him to a place where God responded to Moses. Think about this. He took him back to a place. He said, I remember that. You remember that time I spoke with Moses? You remember that time I spoke with Moses? Let me just tell you about it. Let me just tell you about it. A cave that I believe, I believe in my heart, I believe with all my heart that same cave that Elijah went in was the same cave or possibly the same cave that God just stuck Moses in for a little while and covered him in the cleft of the rock, covered him in that cave. I believe he just said this is the cave he was in. When I pass by, when my glory pass by, God will take you sometimes during this time. We can, we can pick this book up right here, the Foothills book. And I just thought about that sitting there. We can pick that up and we can go back to 2016 when it seemed like every night of that month, it seemed like God just swept by and just showed us one little bit of His glory each night. It seemed like for a year there, for a year or more, maybe even two years, and even still today, God will remember us and show us there sometimes that He'll just come on by and show you the glory. There's some glory out there and He reminded him of it. Think about this right here. God uh, 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 may have quarantined Elijah for just a little bit. God may have quarantined Elijah just for a little while, but he was there to remind him of some things. You know, if you're sitting at home quarantined tonight, God may just have you there to remind you of a few things. Get you back to the basis. Get you back to where God, what God done for you. He may just do that. Uh, think about this right here. Uh, Deuteronomy 5.1, And Moses called all of Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them and keep them and do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us here in Horeb. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us, who are all of us here alive this day. I'm here to tell you, folks, I don't have to go back to a time. I can tell you times my grandpa told me stories where the Lord met with him. I can take you times where I can remember my daddy getting filled up with the Holy Ghost while he was singing and, and my mama uh, getting filled up with the Holy Ghost and testifying. I can take you back to services as a little boy that I remember hearing everybody else get filled up. But I'm thankful that I can think of a time where God filled me up, where God met with me, where God got a hold of me. I can take you back to those times because he made a covenant with me, not just my father's. He made a covenant with me. It's a personal covenant that he, gave, that he made with me. We see number one there that God led him to a place of remembrance. Number two, we see God reassured Elijah. Uh, now Elijah uh, 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 just prayed for fire to fall down out of heaven. Remember that. He just did that. So his expectations going into chapter number 19 must have been real high. His expectations must have been shooting for the stars. Expectations must have been extremely high. Let's look at some things here, though, that God wasn't. I can imagine Elijah. Get some water here. Hang on. I can imagine Elijah. Don't forget he's at the end of his rope. He's desperate. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. And he was at the end of his rope. And he was standing there and all of a sudden, let's look over here. Let me just, get, let me just read it. Let me get back. It won't take me a second to turn right back to it. Look right here. 
He was sitting there and the, the angel came to him and fed him. And the Lord spoke to him, what doest thou here, say, what, what, what doest thou here Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts and the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and even I only I am left and uh, left, and they seek my life to take it. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. Nothing happened. I believe at that moment right there, Elijah missed it. Because God goes back and asks him that same question later on in the chapter. He asked him that same question. Elijah was so caught up to being at the end of his rope, he was probably so focused that he was losing the last little bit of grip that he had that he missed God as he went by. Then all of a sudden, he's, his expectations, don't get me wrong, he's expecting God to do something big. And all of a sudden, there, what, what happened first here? He passed by and a great, strong wind rent the mountain. I could imagine as he was standing there, and his, his, the, the coat that he was wearing probably lifted up a little bit. And the wind began to fill his... Fill, y'all know what it's like to be out there before a storm? And know what it's like... To me, that's some of the, my favorite times to be out, is right before a storm. I think it's cool. I, I like it. But I bet that's what it was like. I bet the, the wind started blowing a little bit. And Elijah just said, I bet that's God. Here he comes. Whew. Here comes the wind blowing in, and it, it blows so hard that it rents the mountain in two. But, what does the Bible say? God wasn't in that. Look at that. It breaks it in pieces. And the rocks for the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after that, I believe he's sitting there. And, and, and uh, we all know what this is like now. He was sitting there and all of a sudden the ground started shaking. <laughs> Sound like a bowling ball coming at him. <laughs> and a real, shaking real hard. I could imagine that. And he's thinking, oh, he's going to step out right now. But God wasn't in it. And then a familiar sight came to him. What does it say after that? It says, and after the earthquake, a fire. That was a familiar sight to Elijah. He said, without a doubt, God is about to duplicate himself right here. But God wasn't in it. He was looking for this great and big thing. He was looking for this magnificent act of God to happen right here. And I'm here to tell you, I, I'm, I, I could say I'm guilty of that getting ready for this service, this message. As I was prepping for it and trying to come out, God, where is my home run punch? Where is it at that's going to wow the world? Where is that? Can, I, can we send this video and, and, the, and the whole world see it? We get tens of millions of views. How? What is it? Where is that one point? It's not there. Because God speaks in a still, small voice. In verse number 12, he says it was a still, small voice. God wasn't the wind that day. God wasn't the earthquake. God wasn't fire. Zechariah tells us in chapter 4, verse 6 of his book, he then answered, then he answered and spake unto me, saying, the, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by my might, nor by my power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of the host. When that Holy Spirit speaks in that still, small voice, in those times where it's not a great wind that comes through. I can tell you many times God met with me and the wind never blew. There's never, the earth didn't, I mean, I'd like to think I was meeting with God when the earthquake the house that day. Culture thought we was. He thought it was over with and done right then. Pictures falling off a wall. He thought it was over. I've, there's never been fire when I prayed. You know, I've never even prayed. They say it's a physical thing that you could do. I've never prayed until 
my sweat dropped as blood. My, my sweat became blood. As Jesus. I never done that. I've never prayed as um, Dr. Percy Ray prayed and he prayed and, and it opened his eyes and there was demons hanging from the chandeliers and he prayed more and the long story short, he came back up and the demons were... I've never done that. There's times my expectations are that high. There's times that my expectations is I know what I need. But God says you just need a still, small voice. The day I got saved, there wasn't heaven didn't open up. The, the, the star, I, I hear stories of growing up that uh, when I got saved, I walked outside and the stars were brighter. The moon was like daylight. The, the, inside, the inside the church just said, that ain't what happened to me. It was a still, small voice to a six-year-old little boy that said, I'm lost and undone without God and I need Him. I just knew I need Him. I didn't know what I needed to do. I didn't know what I needed to say, but I knew there was a God I needed to run to. There was a God I needed to pray to. There was a God I needed to reach out to because of a still, small voice. The still, small voice, it's comforting, it's controlling, and it's calming. The still, small voice is everything we need. And a lot of times, we think that God helps us and we're done. God gives us that still, small voice that still smile, I can remember, I told Morgan as I was studying this out a little bit last night, I remember God didn't just, uh, when, when, when we was there during COVID, and God didn't just make this big thing happen. Yes, there was three of young people got saved. When, right, right when we was coming back from COVID, there was three young people got saved. But God that, was, uh, God, that was God doing all that. That was not man, that was God, every bit of it. And, 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 and I was sitting there thinking, you know, God, there wasn't no earthquake that, Shook us. There was no fire. There was no great wind. But I can take you back during those 24 days of when that still small voice came to speak to me. And then I can tell you at times when that still small voice came and spoke to my wife and helped her and gave her that courage, gave her that strength. It's not going to knock a windows down. It's not going to knock a trees down. But it's going to be a calming, a controlling, and a caring and a comforting small voice. That's what it's going to be. But one of the times we get that and we feel like, God help me, yes, God help me. But we forget that there's a job to be done. What happens to Elijah? Elijah, he, he gets help from God. Look in verse number 13, and it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? The same question he asked him before. What are you doing here? What are you doing? I believe he looked at him and said, here's an example for you. It's carnal, but it's an example. In The Lion King, my favorite movie. I love it. Y'all all know that. In The Lion King, there's a moment where Simba is being chased off by the hyenas because Scar told him he killed his daddy. And they, he looked at the hyenas and he says, kill him. Y'all know the part of the movie. Sends him off. Well, they go and they, they chase and the movie, kind of all the, the dramatic parts of the movie come through there and and he runs away and he escapes through the thorns. And he's out on the other side over there and he's running out to the sunset. Now we know in that movie that that's a sad part of the movie or whatever. That's when Simba runs away uh, and all this. But uh, the, the hyenas look at each other and says, Go, go, you go. No, you go. I'm not going in there. No, you go. I'm not going to. You go. To get to our destination, it was gonna, for them to catch Simba, they was going to have to go through some thorns. They was going to have to go do some things that was going to hurt them. They was going to have to do some things that it didn't look like a peaceful run back to it. I could imagine as, as God led uh, Elijah to the edge of the mountain that day and they looked out 
He pointed at him and he said, why are you still here? Why are you still here? I got, I got, how many does he say he has over there? I forgot the number. He said, there's 7,000 over there in Israel. They ain't bowed to the, they ain't bowed their knee to Baal. They ain't give, there's a remnant sitting over there. Why are you still here, Elijah? That's what I believe God was looking at him and saying, why are you still here? You got to go. There's some, there's some people you got to anoint. You got to anoint them. Elijah, like I said, he didn't pray fire out of heaven after this. But he went. He heard the still small voice from God. He got help from God. And he went. And he done what God told him to do. He went right after that. We know he went and, and anointed them. We know why the story ends. So go. You know, God may have helped you through this message tonight. God may have came and spoke to you, and I hope he did, not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit. That's what I pray. He may have done that tonight. He may not have shook your house. He may not have uh, prayed as, as Paul prayed in the prison. In the prison, They may not have done that. He may have just spoke to you in a still, small voice. Now go. There's some things you got to do. There's a lost and dying world going out, out there going to hell. We need to get them and tell them about the Lord. So we need to go.